This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, I want to talk about why it's so important for an owner of a business to have a implementer inside of their business. And I know that I've discussed this a little bit in the past, but some conversations that came up with my clients over the last week or two really drove home the need to understand the relationship between the owner or visionary and the implementer, especially when it comes time to have contract negotiations and knowing the numbers of the business ahead of a sales call. So this one's going to be shorter, but very information dense. And I hope that this translates for you in your business so that you can identify opportunities to engage your team, bring the right people on board, but also to remember some of the key factors inside of a business, specifically related to knowing your numbers and what's required to hit your profitability targets. So what am I talking about? There's a few of my clients that are very much the visionary side of the spectrum, and that's very common in the entrepreneur space. You have a vision, you have a dream, you have a goal for what that can be. And for one of the clients that I'm thinking about currently, I've done a lot of the work, I guess you would say behind the scenes, to take that vision and spin it into an actionable plan. And that really breaks down to knowing the numbers. So for this manufacturing company, there's a very interesting situation with where the markets are currently and the cost of production, where some of the parts and pieces required to make these items have gone up, geez, it's almost tenfold in the last uh, year and a half. So inflationary pressures, uh, cost of raw materials have significantly increased. And this becomes a significant issue because of a mistake made during contract negotiations with uh, one of the supply, and I wouldn't say suppliers, um, we'll call them wholesalers of the goods that they produce. And what do you mean? So there is a misstatement of the cost of goods to this wholesaler by 8%. And you might say, well, that, that's not a huge thing, but it was 8% to the negative. Uh, Essentially, what happened was they quoted the price to a wholesaler without the cost of delivering the items to that wholesaler being included. And it adds up to a decent difference when you start to look at scale. So at 
say, 100,000 units, it's the difference of roughly $35,000 in net profit. And I'm using that to obscure some information. But essentially, they're running a 20% net profit margin. So by making that misstatement, never mind top line revenue, which is a couple hundred thousand dollars different, the net profit is over $35,000 to the negative. Now that becomes important as we look at the need to adjust prices for the increased cost of goods during the time that this contract has been in place. And the shift that needs to be made in the eyes of this wholesaler, instead of it being realistically a 10% change, they're going to see it as closer to a 20, 30% change because the contract that they agreed to was sub market price. And that as an owner is a pretty big mistake. And I know, you know, eight, 10%, oh, that's not the biggest deal, but this isn't a e-commerce site. This isn't a digital agency where you're running 60%, 70% margin sometimes. This is very much a commoditized space in a lot of ways. And the distribution channel has a lot of cost built into it is the way that I can put that. So this is where it becomes important to have a very good relationship with your implementer. For this business, there's a couple key people inside of the business that I work very closely with, but they don't have the influence that is really required to have a harmonious relationship. And that happens quite often when the owner has a bigger personality, I guess you would say. And a lot of business owners do. They got to where they are because they're very confident, they're very capable. But in business, it's important to have that other voice to take the owner's vision and then make a plan that's executable. And in this case, there's been a few missteps from the visionary side of the house because they don't have that good relationship. And it's actually been part of the conversation that we've had of restructuring the roles, responsibilities, and information sharing inside of the business to ensure that the owner's intent, just like in the military where there's commander's intent, is being executed at a high level by you know, say when I was in the Marine Corps, the platoon sergeant, the implementer, if you will, in this model, to really take the key goals that the business has, but then have them be able to be executed in a sustainable fashion. So in the case of this company in particular, there's going to be an opportunity to expand into you know, new markets, identify new wholesaling partnerships um, that are going to give the ability through diversification of distribution to make up for the 
error with one distributor by increasing the numbers for others. And that's a very fortunate thing in this case because it's going to be very hard to get back to what the par value should be for the assets with that one wholesaler. So being able to make it up in others is going to be very critical to getting back to the net margin that we need because that one wholesaler is a very high volume producer with the company as far as total sales go. So we need to be able to offset the minimal margin that's being received from their sales through some of the other channels that we have. And inside of your business, you know, this might be something that's happened before where you made an agreement, but you didn't necessarily have an accurate cost of goods when you did the agreement. And sometimes it's hard to see all of the hidden costs. You know, when I've had this conversation inside of some of the veterans forums that I'm in, where they they ask the question, well, I how much would I have to sell? And one of them was an auto parts manufacturer, um, very custom. Like, well, you know, it cost me X amount of dollars in materials to make this. I've been selling it for $250, but I want to grow and manufacture. So the question starts to become, okay, well, what's your time worth? Because you should be paid for your work, obviously. Cost of materials, cost of marketing, things of that nature. And we ended up at a number closer to $750, which is above market compared to the stuff sold in China or sold from China, but the quality is much better and it's made in the United States. So then the conversation became, well, what's the branding going to be? What level of service can you provide to warrant that higher price? And that works very well when you can take yourself out of the commoditized space. For the case of this business, it's a little bit harder because there's other market factors at play and it's not a direct-to-consumer type product like that automotive manufacturing company. So it's a lot harder and a lot more important to really know your numbers because you're sharing shelf space with competitive brands and your value proposition's a lot harder to see if you don't have the ability to keep it within a competitive price range, we'll say. So making the mistake in this case is going to make it a little bit harder to get the volume of sales from other wholesalers because they're going to be selling the product at a, a higher number compared to the competition to offset the reduced margin inside of that one wholesaling channel that's already in force. So this is a quick episode, but I hope it provides value to you to be able to see the importance of one, knowing the full numbers of your business, the cost of production, the cost of goods and services, and some of the ancillary pieces that go with that. And also to see the importance of having somebody in your business to take your vision and make it a reality 
while also making sure that some of the other profitability targets are being hit, uh, especially with efficiency of production, efficiency of marketing, and making sure all those other parts and pieces are working in your favor. If you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out to me, uh, growwithdelta.com. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, at Mike Demo, Facebook, at Mike Demo. If this provided value to you, do me a favor. We've been in the top 10% globally for quite some time. Leave a review on whatever place you're looking. I know I get a lot from iTunes, a lot of Spotify recently, uh, stars, reviews. Those things really help get the message out. Uh, I don't put ads on the podcast. Uh, It's purely just a value exchange at this point. So if you found value in the podcast, do me a favor, leave a review, share it with somebody else. Again, my name is Mike Demo, and I hope you have a fantastic day. 